You're listening to the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and my greatest passion is to help you transform your doubt into the courage you crave to activate your thriving business from the inside out. As a Kundalini business mentor, speaker, and modern medicine priestess, I believe the world's ready for your medicine more than ever. By embracing all facets of our human experience, we have the power to cultivate a conscious tomorrow today. Every Wednesday, I gather some of the greatest leaders, teachers, and revolutionists of our time to talk about all things social justice, personal empowerment, and what it takes for you to uplevel your business and life. It's time for more good people making good money, doing great things in the world. Best believe this is the place that's going to take you there. If you're ready to unleash your medicine and revolutionize the world as we know it, I invite you to dive in and join us on this wild ride. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Society Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and I am so excited to be sharing this episode with you because when I get to have a conversation with a soul babe who just gets it and sees the world through the same lens that I do, and we really see what's going down, and we can have these real authentic conversations that a lot of people in the spiritual community aren't talking enough about. Uh, it just I just feel so blessed that I get to have this platform to share with you all of the wisdom and all of the knowledge and all of the downloads and all the good juju that's coming from these connections and these conversations. So thank you so much for being here because it inspires me to keep going and to keep sharing this medicine. And since I've been gone, the conversations I've had and that you'll continue to hear in these next upcoming weeks, they are so powerful. And I just feel so blessed that I get to share with you all these conversations and can really plant some seeds and make you think and really dive deep within. And this one is without a doubt uh, one that you will really start thinking deep about. And so there's no denying that these are times where we need the medicine of magic more than ever. And I know I'm doing my best to answer that call through Thrive and to be able to have, you know, a three month container to help people go from that nine to five to starting that soulful business. I just feel like this is an opportunity for us to really share our story and to share our truth much so as it was when these religions and these mystical teachings really first began. It was all through storytelling. And we have this really beautiful opportunity right now to understand the golden thread between all of these religions and all of these mystical teachings around spirit and the connection between all things. You're going to learn even more about this next week when I have the conversation with Remington Donovan of Mystical Arts, but today I'm really excited to be sharing with you Bakara Whitner, who's the owner of Everyday Magic, and she's also the author of What the Fuck is Tarot and How Do We Do It, and this is just like such a dope woman. Like She's a creatrix of the Way Home Tarot and postcards from the Liminal Space Oracle deck, and you know, this is just the time for us to understand that like we have the power within ourselves to really tap into this. Like she's created a book that's showing you how to work with tarot. She's working with crystals. She's sharing her truth. And this is the time that we have an opportunity to really see the connection amongst all things to see how spirit works through these conversations 
through, you know, the books falling off the shelf, whatever it may be to help guide us through this journey. And so we have this opportunity to listen to the teachings and to find the truth and the love that reigns within all of these lineages and to really continue to rise up and answer the call as a collective of healers. And so this is a time where we've really been clearing out lifetimes and lineages of conditioning around money and around acceptance and all of the things. And she made a really good point in this episode talking about how, you know, us that are going through our Saturn returns, just turning 30, this group, this ascension wave that, you know, we are the dark night of the soul era. And I, when she said that, I was like, oh God, sister, you just nailed it on that one. And, you know, this is the time where we're cleaning up the mess. Like, you know, we're cleaning up the beliefs around money. We're cleaning up beliefs about worthiness. We're cleaning up the beliefs on what it means to be a woman, whatever it is. Like we are really paving a new path. And this is the time in history where we're even seeing this rise of healers cultivating the concept of conscious capitalism and where we can use our money to do great things in the world, which is something I've been really passionate about lately is just healing my own relationship with money and helping other people get there too. I'm sharing that in Thrive and Right now, the door is open to join the October round, which is going to be such a powerful way to uh, for us to go into 2020. And as Bakara said in this episode, like this decade sucked. Like this was a really tough one and we're going through it, but there's a divine purpose to it all. And we're really paving a really powerful path and being able to cultivate this, this journey for the generations to come. So I thoroughly enjoy this conversation because we talked about all of my favorite things and just really speaking truth about the writing on the wall right now about the shift that we as a collective are experiencing and so this is a woman who really honors the earth and respects the magical traditions and I really appreciate her just being so authentic and vulnerable like total soul sister and it's just so dope that there's more and more women I'm finding we're finding each other really that together collectively this this golden era is about collaboration over competition and we're coming together joining forces to create something powerful to revolutionize the world and so there's a deep mystical spiritual truth happening right now with how the world is evolving in this time and space and we have to honor it and to know like what is happening and trust that you know, this is all part of the divine plan. So in this episode, we talked a lot about how to approach magic with open eyes and arms and the discernment in the spiritual world and how to really honor your energy, plus the importance of embracing your shadow and your light. And we again, we talked about conscious capitalism, modern mysticism, collaboration being the new competition, healing that lineage, and so fun when I get to talk with another soul babe about the psychedelic renaissance that's happening and how these plants are working through us to heal the world because this is a practice I'm so passionate about and there's you know there's not enough people talking about it or they're slowly coming out I should say because more and more people are being open and vocalized about it so I'm really excited for you all to dive into this episode. You can check all the links below to snag her book, What the Fuck is Tarot and How Do I Do It? You can do get her um, decks that she has from her shop, Everyday Magic. 
And this is also the opportunity for you to look in the show notes if you want to apply for Thrive and to build your conscious capitalistic business and to heal your relationship with money and to understand that healers have every right to be wealthy in this day and age. And that's something I know we're both passionate about. And it's just so exciting to continue to have conversations with these really powerful women. And I really do feel like you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So... If you want to go and shop from her beautiful store, Everyday Magic, there's a great coupon code for all you listeners. All you have to do is type in Sovereign Society 10 and you get 10% off of your purchase. If you forget that code, you can check it and remember it on the Sovereign Society's Instagram page. All you have to do is follow us at Sovereign Society Podcast and remember to subscribe, leave a rating and review if you love this episode so we know who's tuning in. And who knows, maybe you can find your review showing up on the Instagram. But without further ado, let's dive in to the truth about everyday magic. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. I am so pumped Ugh, for this episode. And it's funny because I like after being off social media for almost four months, I went back on and I was like, okay, who do you guys want on the podcast? And everyone's like, ah, get her on, get her on. And I'm like, all right, cool. Cause I've wanted to have this conversation too. So just more confirmation. So I've got the car here with me from everyday magic. And it's just nice to have a fellow witch sister with me. And we get to talk about all the things with you that I feel like a lot of people are, not talking about enough in our community. But I also feel like this is part of the growing pains of the community. I don't know if you're feeling this too, because I think like for a long time, like the world of modern mysticism was just like this like shiny object for a long time. And it's like sounded cool. And like, it looked like this. And then people realize when you start working with these tools, like you're going to get like shit's going to shake up. And it's not just this like facade and it's not like this, like, you know, trendy thing. Like this is spiritual. These are spiritual tools and a practice that has been going on. This isn't new. (laughs) This is like deep ancestral knowing. And I know for me, I come from a lineage of witches, like my, like, I think that's part of the reason why my soul also chose the name Sabrina in this lifetime, like just kind of coming into this understanding that for us to implement the golden era, for us to actualize, you know, this heaven on earth reality, we have to clear through generational shit. We have to clear through ancestral shit. Like there's so many layers that we as, you know, as these modern mystics, these, like what I like to call these medicine mystics, like we are the ones that are really tapping into the truth of who we are. We are remembering at the core that we are all spiritual beings having this human experience. So I would just love to dive in and just kind of hear your story of how you really started to embark into this journey of, you know, what has become like your brand, your company, and your medicine that you are living and sharing out there. Yes, let's go. I'm ready. I'm ready to just like go right off the deep end where you started this, which is perfect. Because I think that that you're right. I think that when people 
approach magic. And I say this because this is how I approach magic. I approach magic, not fully expecting it to work. Like I had, I only had the faith that I had already had, which wasn't, which was such a smaller container. And so I went to magic thinking, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I sensed that it would heal me, but I didn't realize that magic was the umbrella for psychology, for physics, for brain chemistry, for trauma. Like I was, I was doing all of this self-work and I guess the faith that I had to do it was grounded in magic, but a lot of the work of healing doesn't feel like what I thought magic was going to feel like when I started. So it evolved with me. And I think that magic is alive and well, and it will, it'll trick you. It'll be like crystals and healing and la la la. And you're like, cool. And then all of a sudden you're like plucked up out of your life doing all this shit that you never thought you would be doing. And I mean, it's so much harder than I thought it was going to be, but it also, I realized that I have no integrity as a healer. If I don't step into healing myself with this, like in what that asks. And we have to heal ourselves first, you know, like I think people get so much of the social media, like, glitz and glam of how pretty this looks and you know like how everyone wants to be this coach and this mentor and they want to help I mean this is definitely a a time of deep healing what Mm -hmm. we're experiencing with that comes the responsibility though of the power of these these tools and these practices and you know I don't know if it's like this is part of like the evolutionary journey of being kind of underground is slowly becoming like mainstream in a way, but there Mm -hmm. are growing pains to this practice and there are growing pains to, to showing up and, you know, allowing ourselves to immerse ourselves properly into this work. I think so. I mean, I think that there's growing pains for us personally. I think that there's growing pains for us as a community. And I see it kind of, I I believe that how we handle the growing process of this community is directly connected to how much mercy we're willing to show people who made the same mistakes that we did at the beginning, who didn't know, who kind of overstepped or underestimated Um, I think that there's such a trend in any community with the old, you know, scoffing at the young. And I think that, you know, if we can create a bridge and kind of see this all as one intention from the urban outfitters bullshit to the velvet wearing Renaissance fair attending people. I mean, it's all the same. If we, if we really get into it, it's all the same Christianity, Judaism, like Islam, like it really is all one similar intention, but but I'm interested in what happens if we keep this community together rather than tearing it apart by the holier than thou bullshit that you see in every spiritual community, you know? Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. And I think that has a lot to do with, like I was saying, like you were sharing, I was watching this live before we came on that you were talking about, about Labadrite, which is my, that's my OG stone for sure. And uh, discernment, you know, really having discernment in the world of modern mysticism because this isn't going anywhere. Like (laughs) this practice isn't going anywhere. If anything, it's going to continue to evolve. It's going to continue to bring more interest. And I feel like now that we're in the seven year cycle post 2012, 
and our consciousness has shift, shifts every seven years. The first wave of people that have been like really anchoring in this golden era and bringing in this modern mysticism and really embodying the practices, like we're tired. <laughs> we're tired. We've been doing the work for years, right? You laugh because it's true. We're all fucking tired. And but with that comes the the teachings, and we have to teach through our own experience to these, you know, the next wave of these mystics that are kind of coming in that are just getting curious, you know, people who have just bought their first tarot deck or people who are just learning about the power of crystals. Like these are growing pains as a collective we're going through and the education and how to have real conversation about the power of this medicine. I do think that the people that kind of woke up in the like 2012, like that cycle probably had like the old, the oldest child syndrome, right? Like I, I see, I see so much of this being so, so much easier, um, for people who are kind of starting now, but I also, I feel so much a small part of a larger whole that I, I don't, I don't lament the work that I had to do before, you know, other people were doing it or the, the growing pains that I ran into. Um, I so badly just want to see the success of this community for once because it's never, it's never gone anywhere. Like witchcraft mysticism is like, that's the reason that, that Christianity exists. It's like, it's been the foundation of everything, but it's been subjugated and marginalized and vilified for so long that for it to actually come up now in a way that sticks, like it's going to have to be modern. It's going to have to be, you know, like it's, it's facilitated by Instagram and it's, you know, commodified to a certain extent and it's digestible and you can buy books on it from Amazon. And it's like, how does, how does magic exist in the modern world? And I don't think that's our question to figure out how to make it exist in the modern world because it's always existed, but it's like, how does it exist in the modern world and how do we support that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also with that, it's also having that, like the conversations that we need to have and to be able to have this, like share experience because not everyone can, you know, we, we learn through experience. And I think this is also bringing up like, the history of storytelling, you know, and we're going back into that history of storytelling and we're seeing more and more people sharing their inner child trauma. We're seeing more and more people sharing like what, what it is that we are, you know, we're clearing out generational trauma right now. I mean, when I first got my deck, I started reading tarot professionally like two months after I got my first tarot deck. And it was this like terrifying process of feeling like I needed to step into the role of guide or teacher or mentor before I ever had the opportunity to be a student. And I think that you see that a lot um, in this community. But it, and so it's how do you like I had this ability to read people's cards. But that was all I had. I had no boundaries. I had no container. I had no boundaries. way to go around. 
I had no way, you know? And so what I did was I, I kind of answered the calling from a place of urgency and ego of like, I need to do this now because people want it now. And I had to learn in reverse all of the things that I didn't know um, about boundaries, about grounding, about energetic protection, about cancellation policies, just everything like kind of on along the way. Um, so I think that people, I need to trust other people enough because I've seen I've, I've revenge porn watched like people like talking about spirituality and be like, you don't know what you're talking about. This is bullshit. But it's like, I need to trust people enough to know that they can feel what is real and what is it. Like when I was giving readings, like I very, I could do a reading and I was a complete hot mess. And the people that found me for that work were the people that were perfect for the messages that they were going to get from me as a channel at that time. And so I feel like especially we're reaching this kind of bubble with it because there's no regulation on what makes a healer. There's no regulation on what makes a shaman. There's no, there's no way to check it. Like, and so we have to go back to a system of depending heavily upon our own integrity of being able to, um, and being able to answer for that. Like, it's not just like, Oh, you know, like I was called to it. It's like, we have to, we have to be willing to show not like our, like not like for a dick measuring contest, but we need to be able to show who we are to other people. So they know what our work is. Yeah. And I think that's more of, I think that's why there's also the wave of like vulnerability and there's yes. a wave of, you know, like I see you and, and that storytelling, I think that's a huge part of why the storytelling is kind of coming through is because when we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and we allow ourselves to share from our experience that's where it's like, oh, that person sees me. And all we need is that one person to be like, wow, someone who gets it. That's, that's like a, the, the permission slip. That's like that we feel more comfortable to take that leap or to express or to share. Cause if someone else is doing it, like I can do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that being willing being willing to be vulnerable is probably the answer to every problem <laughs> that I've ever had. Um, but I think right now when the desire, because the desire to be a healer is such a specific one, it's not the desire to be a rock star or an actor or, you know, like, so, so it doesn't mean that you don't have your own, you know, fucked up reasons for being drawn to that. It doesn't mean the ego doesn't participate in that decision, but there's, there's something fundamentally right about people waking up to their desire to help other people. We've created a whole language of like healership around that, but some would argue that that is our basic responsibility as a human being to right. uh, support each other and to help one another. We're all here to help walk each other home. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I totally believe that. Yeah. And I, I mean, it's, I feel like now that we're creeping up closer and closer to 2020, you know, and mm -hmm. this decade has been quite the challenge. I think that's been a decade of deep self-discovery as a collective and um, a decade of deep awakening. I mean, we did have the shift of the Mayan calendar, 2012, all mm -hmm. these things. And I feel like we're getting the residual like debris out, you yes. know, at least like our community are, are, is waking up more and more. But when we look at the grander scheme of the collective, mm -hmm. it's like what is going on, you know, but 
It's a very interesting time that we all chose to incarnate. I have to believe, because I do feel this community waking up more and more, but I also believe that if something is true, it's true all of the time. So even though there's such a shit show, when you look at it on a bigger scale, I mean, 2020 there. Yeah. Like, I mean, throw this whole decade away and let's get a new one. But like 2020 is like, I mean, this was the last of the debris coming up. Trump getting elected for president was like a manifestation of like the toxicity that's getting squeezed out of our collective psyche. And it like, it needs to, I mean, any storyteller knows that there's always some fuck shit um, plot twist right before the happy ending that like yeah. spikes all of our hearts a little and tests us one last time. And maybe I'm so stupid and the world ends in 10 years and this optimism is completely unfounded, but I just don't think that I do think that like we all have needed to go through this messy, ugly process of seeing who we are. And this decade showed that to us, like in light and in shadow, like there can't be something horribly diseased and wrong with the world without there being something horribly diseased and wrong in ourselves. And like, so that's what you just said too, is something that we've had to also cut through and really process is the idea of light and shadow. Like we can't just be light workers. There is great growth in the shadow. And if you're spiritual, like spiritual bypassing in the community doesn't, is not sustainable. And there you're seeing more and more healers and teachers and mystics and witches calling this shit out. Because we have to have this in our awareness and in our like psyche, like, hey, yeah. there's real beauty in the shadow too, because that is the growing pains. There is well, real beauty in having the truth that, that we have this, this balance. Yeah. I mean, I think that like we all know now, it's kind of almost universally accepted that light produces shadow. So everyone has a shadow. So if I see someone who isn't acknowledging it, it just means that they're not taking responsibility for half of their energy. And that makes for very scary people in my experience. Like if I can't see where someone keeps their shadow, they're usually the ones who end up doing something unexpectedly horrific out of nowhere. And it's like, it's like, that's fine. Like I can understand what, you know, I can understand what happens when the shadow is suppressed because we've all played that game with ourselves. But the game that we can't play anymore is pretending that someone just doesn't have one. That's fucking crazy. And I think that's with like the, the world of social media where everyone always shows their best foot, you know, and like, but they don't show that, that, the truth of, you know, the journey that it takes to become fully embodied. Totally. And I think that social media has become so fake to the point where it's almost had the desired effect from the opposite approach. It's like, we know that everyone's faking it on social media because we're faking it on social media. We know that everyone is miserable and suffering because we're miserable and suffering. And it's like, I can look at my Instagram profile and you would completely not know the days where I was suicidal, the days where I was in the fucking gutter, the days where I was in my ego. It's like, no, and it's like, I'll talk about it to a certain extent, like in community and storytelling for the sake of processing it. But like, it stands to reason 
that like we're understanding the truth, not from what other people are confessing or admitting, but from what we know about ourselves, you know? Definitely. So what would you say has been some of the tools that you have really credited and really have a deep um, appreciation for that has helped you transmute and assimilate those moments to become fully embodied, to be more compassionate to yourself in your journey? Hmm. I mean, I think that I was able, I think recently I identified that the voice in my head that punishes and polices me is the same voice as my father. And I remember how I felt as a little girl in constant fear of being in trouble in constant fear of falling short and constant fear of being punished. And I realized like how much I hated it, but that I never stopped. Like I just became both my dad and my inner child. And so it kind of felt like, you know, if I know that people don't respond that way to being spoken to that way, then I was the last one to know. It's like, why don't I try that with me? <laughs> why don't I give, and, and I think seeing, you know, being around people and paying attention enough to see that even the people who have the things I thought I wanted aren't at the place. It's, it's this game that we all play with ourselves of putting the carrot in front of us and just walking until we're fucking dead. And like, you know, the tarot, the archetypes of the tarot have helped me understand that through seeing people as a principle rather than a personality. I think crystals have helped me see that just from seeing like what magic the earth does completely alone in a dark cave in a place where nothing can survive. And like the magic that grows in those top, like toxic caustic environments. Like I think, I mean, it's so, I hate myself for saying this, but I think the more and more I realize that everything is one, that we're all the same, the easier it becomes to show myself a little bit of mercy. Mm -hmm. Well, we're always our toughest critic. Yes. Totally. And, and I could be like 70% nicer to myself and still be my toughest critic, you know? Yeah, definitely. I'm, 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 I'm a Gemini. So it's like, I've got those two voices oh, in my oh, head. Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, so I'm the other one. We're the two fuckers of the Zodiac. <laughs> Joe's this. Fuck me right now. <laughs> But we chose these. We cho I feel like we I know I did. did because there's something like there's a hidden gem there, you know, That's and true. to me that Gemini is the diamond, you know, it is the one that is like with that pressure comes something yes. powerful. Totally. And, and with I, Scorpio, like you dig, like you get into the depths and you dig, but there's consequences. Like if you're an asshole who has the ability to dig really deep, if you're an asshole who has the ability to like compound pressure, then you'll just be a really extra asshole. Like oh. I feel like it's important for Scorpios and Geminis to stay woke. And, and I just know that when the moon is in Scorpio, fuck me, right? Like don't, mm -hmm. I can't. I can't <laughs> like don't talk to me like that will not be the day that I am scheduling things like that is my depth of my soul day mm -hmm. it is and that's the other thing too it's like as you learn your as you learn who you are and you learn how you communicate and how you work with the esoteric world Mm -hmm. it can become easier and there can oh, be more grace and it takes growing pains. It takes experience, but then you have that, that understanding of who you are, where you can create these boundaries for yourself, for your own sanity. 
I completely agree. And I think it's also just paying attention. Like how many decades of being alive did it take me to realize that I don't feel good in January? <laughs> like January is not a good month for me. And it's like, you know, like I, I can tell now like the new moon, I need less sleep and food. And on the full moon, I need more. And it's like, there's ways of having these things not be a personal catastrophe if you are aligned. But if you're not, I mean, every time, like the wave of like seasonal depression would just like hit me like the apocalypse every single year. Like, okay. Yeah. Took years to be like, that's it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a journey. I know for me, like the summer months are really challenging. I live in the desert. So it's like a hundred and 18 degrees. Like I can't fucking function like that. You know, like I'm in Joshua tree. Oh my God. I need to come over. Yeah. Come the house is open, but yeah, yeah, I mean that, but then, but that's the other thing that I think, especially if you are in the world of, um, entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and you are this entrepreneur, you have to, and especially an entrepreneur in the world of modern mysticism, you have to really, there's another layer that, that you have to become aware to of navigating through than some people who may not have that awareness can navigate through as a business owner, but it's, and then it's hilarious. I have a family friend that's an investor and he is fully aware of Mercury retrograde, you know, who, and he was like, you know, he's like, that shit is real. He was like, I'm not signing any contracts, you know? And it's like, it's becoming there, you know, there's more talks about it and there's more education about it. I mean, granted, we live in this technological world now and it's just, you know, this, this evolution that we're having, because as we said, it's not going anywhere. So now that you know, it's here, you're, it's like you open, you opened Pandora's box. Now, what are you, how are you going to run with it? Absolutely. And I think like my, my prayer, I mean, first of all, being a healer and an entrepreneur, trying to apply healing to capitalism is a weird thing. That's like never like it. I feel like the decisions that I've needed to make is the owner of everyday magic. And in my mind, like as a healer, as a reader, um, it's almost playing like a, a dub, like not the dub, not a devil's advocate, but it's oh, fuck. I don't even know what I want to say about it. That that will show you what kind of person you are really quickly. How you navigate entrepreneurship and healership because entrepreneurship is a very hungry, very urgent, um, very ambition driven endeavor to get what is yours and healing is an endeavor, like is a, it's almost completely opposite. It's like you have, you have the two poles of feminine and masculine. And so it's not so much choosing one so much is figuring it's conscious out. conscious capitalism. Yes. It's conscious capitalism. And I mean, I look forward to the day where there's more, you know, people are tapping more into abundant, like financial abundance lately in these worlds of teaching yes. about manifestation mm-hmm. and money and all these things. Great. With that money, I mean, you can, you know, if you want the material things, great. But with that money, how are you going to make a big difference in the world more than just filling in that, filling up that closet or the house or whatever? Like with that energy, what are you going to do to implement great change? 
you know, and it's so funny to me that healers are so wrestling with this idea of like, do I deserve like money? Do I deserve to be abundant because of the work I do. And it's like, you know, who's not asking that question? The wolves of wall street, Donald fucking Trump, like, you know, like the, uh, like the finance dudes, like it's and so there, there comes this question where it's like, what shame have we internalized around abundance that like, we're, we're actually blocking ourselves from getting it. There's like, there's a step of like, I want to make sure that it comes in integrity, but there's, there's so many, I think that we, if you look, if we assume that money is dirty inherently, then it will continue to be challenging to have a clean relationship with it. But it's hard not to because everywhere you look, it's dirty. And I think that's why we need to, to focus on having healthier conversations like this about it and, and focusing on how money can do great things in the world too. Yes. And how money like helps us pay for our self-care because we're living in times where, you know, back, back when healers were taken care of by the community. Yes. And that was it. Like the shamans were taken care of, like, you know, the community would come to them and it was an energetic exchange, which is also what I feel like we as a collective of healers are clearing through that belief as well. Yes. Totally. That poverty consciousness and all of that. I mean, and it's, it's heavy. It's, yes. it's dense. Absolutely. Because I don't even think like, I think that if someone said like, you won't get paid, but you will be taken care of by the community. Like here's a place to live. Here's food. Here's all this. I'd be like, Oh, that sounds kind of better, but it's not, it's not the option. Like the way that the community supports your healing now is to give you money. Like that's what, that's what it looks like. I mean, that's the, I mean, unless we're living in some, you know, other world, other utopian world or dimension where that, uh, a different, I, I still live there in my mind. I'm like, I can still see it when I think about it. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I'm just, I'm looking forward to like continuing to be an observer and people watch what, how the collective is reacting or how they are answering the call or with new like celebrity ship because of social media, what are they going to use with that power? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm just coming back onto social media after almost four months off and it was so liberating to like be with myself and to not be bombarded with like everything else. And there also has to be that discernment and boundaries of like, how much do I, you know, of like still taking those social media detoxes. And I'm a firm believer in social media sabbaticals because we have to like, we're just bombarded. Like our third Mm -hmm. eye is just bombarded with all this information, the scrolling, like we have so much information in our brains and in our heads now. And it's just like, who we need more of that invitation of that of that self care of that spiritual hygiene of that like connection with nature you know we love talking about crystals and we love talking about these essential oils and all these other things but how often are you actually spending time in nature versus behind the computer how often are you like being in community in person rather than always online as well totally i mean we've definitely reached the point where we like 
you know, we'll go to the woods if I can take like a cute photo and like a story of it and like, let everyone know that I went to the woods. Like we've kind of robbed ourselves of the ability to have an authentic experience via the desire to be constantly connected and the desire to be constantly connected is a human desire, but the need to be grounded in nature is not, it's a need. It surpasses desire. Mm -hmm. And I think we've reached a point collectively where the, the ego is kind of superseded the human needs because every, and everywhere I look on social media, like I see people, um, it is kind of the rat race energy of it. And you see people, you know, cutting corners and you see people, um, taking advantage. And I think the, the thing, the, the internal struggle that I've felt is like, don't do that no matter what. Like, just don't ever like, you know, like you can, you can look and you can be triggered and you can feel judgmental about it, but, but don't think I, I just, I've never allowed myself to make decisions from a place of thinking that that will actually work, whether it's buying followers or like bringing something into the store that I don't know anything about or speaking on a topic that I have no business talking about. I've always just kind of veered on the side of, um, sticking with what I know. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, it's a constant, like we're constantly reevaluating how this thing works because it's constantly evolving Mm -hmm. in a way too. And I think we get tired of things easily and, you know, like think like the thing as someone who has their degree in marketing, like everything I learned, uh, I graduated from school eight years ago. Everything I learned then like Facebook was the hot thing. Like Shit's evolving. Like we have to keep up with the times, but more than that, we have to honor our energy too. And to connect with like at the core of who we are as this evolves, who we are at the core, what are we doing? What is our intention? And I think that's the biggest thing is the intention just to have that number on, on that platform or is the intention to really help people come home to themselves? Is that intention? And I think that what I have found, because it it can get so complicated because there's so many aspects of it, but I'm reminded of something that my friend said to me in the last ceremony we were in together, which is that anything that's not built out of love, like will last, like it's only things that are built out of love that will stay. And like everyday magic was largely conceived out of love. I've made decisions inside of everyday magic that weren't love based and they didn't work. Like maybe they worked for a second, maybe it like got big for a moment, but like it didn't stay. Shiny object. Exactly. The mm-hmm. part of everyday magic that has remained sustainable are the parts of it that are connected directly to my heart. And so there is some kind of energetic regulation that I've noticed for myself personally. Um, because people don't want to be lied to. And like you, and like, if you're, if you're sitting like, you know, like we have, we all have the decision of what we give our attention to, of what accounts we look at, of who's, um, po- of the podcast that we listen to, of the people that we decide. And that's kind of the great thing about social media. It's like, you can pick, like you curate your own feed. I mean, aside from like, you know, Russia and the ads, but like, insofar so far as the accounts you follow. So I think that we're all growing up inside of this community, even the most like fake egoic people that are spouting healing language are clearly drawn to it for some reason. And like, all I can hope is that 
I mean, it regulates itself. Like the, either they grow up or like they evolve and they, you know, come to it from a love ethic or they'll just be pruned out on their own. Yeah. And it's also part of what's also shifting with all of this is understanding that the, this new time is more about collaboration versus competition. Totally. And I feel that I'm like becoming friends with like these women who also like sell crystals and they're these women own like crystal accounts and they like, and I noticed like they started like shouting me out on like their stories and stuff. And I'm like, we are direct competitors, like from a capital, from a strictly capitalism perspective, we are direct competitors. And yet there is this true, like one of them drove from like Virginia to come to everyday magic when we like had just gotten like more crystals and from a gems show. And I think it was also, they're both older than me. And so I think it's also like the women around me who were teaching me of like, these are your sisters. Like these are not, this is not your competition. Cause I don't think I came in knowing that honestly. Well, I mean, I think of like, you're in the moon child tarot deck. Like I am, you know, like you're in like the page of wands, like, and you have your own deck and you know, Danielle's Mm -hmm. you're in Danielle's deck and you have your own, like that support right there. I know. And it's, I'm starting to, yeah. So that's been, that's been a revelation for me. That's been, that's been like a very like profound, like stripping away of like this feeling that I've had since I was a little girl of like, I'm not going to get my share. I'm not going to get what's mine. And I think a lot of people never heal their inner child and they go into business as an unhealed inner child, still trying to take everything that they didn't get. Like, so I've been mothered. Like I've had my mother wound healed like through business and it's changed me both as a woman and as a businesswoman. So that's, that's a completely unexpected like benefit of having a magical business is magic, magic happens inside of it. Yeah. And I mean, I know with me, like when I have my mentor clients, you know, like the, like my three month mentorship program, that first month, I call it the solistic journey where you're going through the medicine wheel, where you have to heal the inner child. You have to connect with the lineage. You have to balance this masculine and feminine energy. If you want success, like, I, I think that's another thing. It's like, we all see on social media, like, Oh, this looks easy. Like they're doing it. I can do it. Like it's a multifaceted layered experience to build a business in today's day and age. When anyone can do it. Wait, because that's what I thought when I started, because I had no budget for like advertising or anything. So it was like, it was just Instagram. And I'm like, Instagram is my one shot to get people to give a fuck about this business. And like, the best strategy I could think of was to just be as much myself and as like, as honest as I could be about like, you know, it's not just like, here's everyday magic and lifestyle brand. It's like, here's everyday magic. And here's me, this person who was like trying to open it. And here's the story of how this happened. So I feel like the story of it and being willing to show myself and my process have been just as much of a part of the success as the business itself, if not more. And you can't, you can't be in that space of vulnerability circling back around. You can't be in that space of vulnerability if you haven't been able to honor that vulnerability within yourself first. Totally. And with inner children, like it's like, I didn't realize, I think until very recently that like everyone's inner children, like we're just a bunch of like grown up bodies, like, cause our parents' generation didn't do inner child healing ever. I mean, unless they were special and like, but like as a collective, there wasn't this conversation being had about inner child healing. Their parents didn't have inner child healing. There was kind of this like 
individualistic, like suck it up and do it all yourself. Big boys don't cry. So I see my dad now and it's like, as an adult and as a father, I'm horrified, but seeing him as like a 13 year old, like it makes literally perfect sense. So we can stay that way our whole life. Like we really need to make conscious decisions to grow ourselves up and to handle our inner child or we, it will never happen on its own. That brings more compassion to our parents as well. We must. And that's the thing that I think about, like my mom's first generation American. So Mm. she was essentially like an Italian living in America where she didn't learn English until she went to school. Mm. There's also this level of patience that we have to give to the generation before us as, you know, like they love to talk shit about millennials, but that's just their own projection. Totally. I completely, I mean, I talk shit about the next generation for having like, you know, mindfulness in kindergarten. Cause I'm so fucking jealous of them. <laughs> like, you know, the coping skills that they're going to be raised having, like, they're just bitter. Like it's just a bitterness. And like, we, we run the risk of becoming bitter too. If we don't try for compassion. Like I think about your mom, like I remember being that age and feeling so other. Imagine how other you feel if you can't speak the language. It's like they they gave us a better story, even though they did it imperfectly and we're going to do it better than they did. The only reason we're going to do it better than they did is because of what they did to make it better for us. Mm-hmm. And to give them just like more compassion and to be with that ease and grace, just like... You know, and it's like where we can mother them in a way, like their inner child. And there's so much of this quantum healing that's happening right now around mother, about children, like inner child work and, and all these things, just because I also feel like that's why so much of our generation has been patient on having children, if at all, is because we're not, we're not having children yet until, you know, like we feel either financially strong enough, like energetically strong enough, emotionally strong enough when all the generations before would be like, Oh, this is the sheep routine. Totally. I mean, now it's like, we just, we, we won't do it until the cycle is broken. I feel like every like client I have that talks about becoming a mother or even that is already a mother, like the, the collective focus of the maternal right now is like, how do I break the cycle? Whether you have a kid or you're thinking about having a kid or you're deciding not to have a kid, deciding not to have a kid is just as much as a, of a maternal choice as deciding to have a kid, like totally. an impulse. And so there's a collective responsibility being taken by the maternal right now to break the cycle that I've and never I, I feel like for me, that was what literally truly embarked my spiritual journey. Like Mm. I had a difficult LSD trip. I was with my twin and I was like, I need to do me right now. Like I need to heal my family. And that to Mm. me, was healing the generational trauma and the pain and the conditioning. Um, Just so that like, we're all, that's, I literally posted on Instagram today. We are cutting through the trauma of the generations before us right now. And we need to be, gentle with ourselves along that way as well. 
Well, epigenetics, I think, is proven that trauma is passed down in your cells at least three generations. But there are studies that are showing that it goes up to 12 generations that you inherit your trauma, just like you inherit your eye color and your hair color. Like it's so that's why I love Kundalini yoga, because when we do that practice, we're clearing seven generations behind us and seven generations before us. Wow. And that's why like that practice, I've been a a teacher and a practitioner for five years. What makes me different compared to those other Kundalini teachers is that I also infuse psychedelics. Mm. And I feel like this is, (laughs) this is like, there's no accident why there is like this psychedelic renaissance right now as well. Totally. I so agree with that. It's like, they want to heal your brain. Let yeah. them. They the will speaking. The plants are speaking. And I mean, for me, some, like I credit so much of my healing, of course, to myself doing the work, but like psychedelics, psilocybin, like, you know, and every time I'm on other people's podcasts, everyone's always like, I want to know more about your psychedelic journeys. And I do feel that as a psychedelic practitioner, like this is the, the plants are coming up right now. There is this awareness coming up. There's no accident why, you know, psilocybin is stage one right now of, of, of trials for depression. It's, I mean, the writing is on the wall. It's just a matter of time now. I mean, I think that, so I've said, I mean, the most profound shifts that I've ever experienced as a human being have been the times where I've sat in a uh, shamanic ceremony with ayahuasca. So that's like, I mean, it's like, I mean, you're in it and it's such a gift from the earth that you can literally pull a vine and cook it and drink it. And it will, it will give you this experience. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to argue with nature, isn't it? Like, it's like they just made it this way. And the fact right now that the Amazon's on fire and no one's talking about it, is just like the plants are like, wake the fuck up collective, wake the fuck up, you know? And I I feel them. I felt the same way hearing about that fire that I did about the Notre Dame fire. Honestly, I I was having dreams. I was having dreams about France. Like, and I was talking about Notre Dame the week before and then it's on fire. Like Mary Magdalene, like mm-hmm. I just felt Mary Magdalene, the rise of the divine feminine through yeah. that, that whole fire. We have to become aware. <laughs> and like you said, the writings on the wall, like spirit speaks to those who listen and we yeah. have to listen, which means we need to quiet ourselves, which means we need to instill more meditation, which means we need to instill more connection where we're storytelling and hearing each other's stories, listening, listening to what's going on and doing something about it. I mean, I think I just watched the documentary that came out on Netflix about Woodstock because it was just there. It was just the 50 year anniversary of Woodstock. And I was so I know that Woodstock was a mess for so many reasons, but I was genuinely shocked watching this, seeing how when a container was created for three days of peace, community support, like people walked in to that space 
in community and peace and support. There wasn't any violence. Like there should have, like people should have starved and they didn't because food was being sent by the community. And I think that we've gone so far away from offering anyone any kind of sense of safety because we ourselves feel so unsafe that it, we're kind of just looking around me like, who is going to make the first move to diffuse the energetic bomb that is this world? Because everyone is ready to like, you know, crucify everyone else. Everyone's ready to take from everyone else. Like everyone feels so mad and so slighted and so betrayed like that there needs to be some, and it's going to be the feminine. Of course, it's going to be the fucking feminine that is like enough is enough. It, it can't be safe for some people and not others. If we make this safe, it's safe for everyone. That safety comes from the subconscious mind, zero mm. to six root chakra healing as well. Like that is the container that we need to navigate through when we are a fucking sponge during those ages. We are picking up the, the conditioning of our family, of our ancestors, of the world at large. And that is what is steering the ship. Yeah. And it's deciding to be open and loving and hopeful, not because you're ignorant to those things. You've felt and processed all those things and you're deciding to be hopeful and open and loving anyway. And those are the people who are the ultra light beams in my world. Those are the healers where I'm like, oh my God, it's like, they're no, they're not strangers. You know, their head isn't shoved so far up love and light's ass that they don't know what's going on, but they're deciding to be love and light anyway. They're deciding to take it and, you know, like heal, bring it back to heal the world because that's the only thing that will. And the most disgusting people are the ones who need it the most. And so we have to decide, I mean, we have to be discerning to not put ourselves in harm's path, but we also need to be discerning enough to know that if the healing is self-serving, then it's not healing. Like we have to stretch ourselves as healers, even before these people are thinking about stretching themselves at all in any way, we have to be exceptional if we want to do this at all. Yep. And I mean, fuck. Nailed it. And <laughs> it's, it's interesting too, just because part of that is also understanding that sometimes like the teachings, they can also be outdated with these, with these new earth codes. Yeah. Like they they're done. Like yeah. the frequency of the planet is continuing to shift and we, so need, to right and now. we need to continue to have teachings that evolve with the evolution of the frequency of this planet. I feel like there's been a fair amount of work done for the age of Aquarius by people before it. But I do think that most of the paradigm isn't going to work anymore. Like most of the books don't work. Most of the, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the basic principles like as above, so below works, but the shift from 3D to 5D is is real. Like it's not just like a meme that like I'm seeing on people's spiritual pages. And there's like, also higher dimensions from that. Like that. 5D, I just learned about that. <laughs> that 5D is a trap. Fuck! I literally just there's like so many more. I'm like wait, like I've been there's like 12 five. dimensions. <laughs> you know, and that's I mean. That's what, exactly what I'm talking about. There's all these teachers that are like, love and light, 5D living, cool. 5D is the baseline, but how are you going to continue to accelerate to higher dimensions? Because mm. there's still a lot of that dark energy that can be in these higher dimensions that has to be cleared out to be experienced and embodied. 
I think that the, I think the end of the, the victim and predator model is going to speed along a lot of like, cause I think that there's things that we're, we're not even capable of perceiving when we are under the threat of being a victim or we're in the uh, energy of being a predator. And in this, in the current state of affairs, you can only be one. Like, and so I think about it as a successful business owner, I've just turned from a victim into a predator. Like it's up to me now to transmute that into something completely different than what it, you're either a winner or a loser. And like, we, it's like that we're fucked as long as it's like that system. Um, then we stay, we stay down here. There is no access to the higher dimensions, I think. Right. But that's why, I mean, that is Mm. essentially my intention for this space. You know, my intention for this podcast is for people to reclaim their sovereignty by having that Mm. discernment within themselves of being like, well, this resonates with me and this doesn't anymore. And I'm going to do something to bring more of what feels good and expansive. And when I feel that contradiction, I'm not going to bypass it. I'm going to fucking look at it, address the situation and do something about it. Totally. Well, that's why I feel grateful for lives, for podcasts. Like I don't have time to write another book. The book that I write and finish in six months that gets published a year and a half from then and comes out two years from now, isn't going to be relevant to like what's happening right now. So I feel like it's also kind of dismantling the student teacher dynamic and really opening up the playing field for like, we all need to be talking to each other. We're all getting messages for each other. Like the point is like, I think the eliminating the hierarchy and really viewing anyone who has the intention of connecting as a possible vessel of source um, is going to bring us back to like a more cohesive understanding of what's going on because teachers don't know everything. And I feel like we get like the the times where I've been too afraid to ask because I felt like I should already know or the places where I thought I should be this bitch because I'm a teacher and I'm a reader. Like it's just kept me disconnected. It's kept me out of the loop. Mm-hmm. So then what do you feel has been the evolution since, you know, you have your way home tarot, you have your book, what the fuck is tarot? Like, what do you feel like is evolving from all of that? I feel like it was part of like my duty, um, as a soul to create these things like for with way home tarot and with what the fuck is tarot, what the fuck is tarot was the book I wish I had when I first picked up a tarot deck written by me four years later with four years of experience picking up a tarot deck. Uh, Way Home Tarot was this kind of desire to put everything that I understood about the cards into a visual representation. And so it was kind of like, they were both the desires to teach and share and tell my story. Um, But what they've done for me personally is they've created, like, I think that books can be a really powerful tool. I think that cards can be a really powerful tool. And I just made my own. Like, so for myself, it's like, they're these razor sharp, incredibly precise tools into my own psyche that drag me deeper than any deck of cards, any other deck of cards. will. yeah. I mean, speak like cards, just, it's been wild to watch like the evolution of like Doreen virtue and mm-hmm. like what's going on with like, you're seeing more, um, independent creators creating decks and they are evolving with the times as well. But I mean, there's definitely 
you know, the amount of decks that I have, there's a handful that I just don't resonate with anymore either. Totally. I feel that too. And so it's okay to, to make peace with what was, cause it helped us back then. Yes. And it's also time to align and to work with the tools that resonate with who we are today and who we choose to become. I mean, the deck that I fell in love with that like reawakened my like, like passion for tarot, like I don't use anymore. I don't even know if I have a copy of it, like in my house. So, but I remember that moment of finding that deck and opening those cards. And it was probably one of the most important moments I'd ever experienced in my life. So, I mean, thinking about it now, like creating a tarot deck, my sincerest hope and intention for it is that someone has that experience of like opening a deck of cards and like, Oh my God, my whole life is about to change. Like, and it's, you know, it's the intention that was put into making them, but it's also what can happen when you find the right thing at the right time with the right intention. And that's the thing that you also have to trust is that like, it's all happening for us and not to us. And that like, the, the the tools and the medicine comes when we need it. Absolutely. And sometimes we don't know like why we got spurred into it. Like the deck that I was using, the creator um, like attacked me on social media and it was like, it completely destroyed my, like I was heartbroken. And so what I ended up doing the reason that way home born was I'm like, fuck you. Like I'm going to make a deck. I'm going to make and use my own deck. Like I'm not going to use this one. And so the intention over the course of five years obviously changed. But I think about that. I think about like when I was in a 12 step program, like the only reason that I got sober is because I thought some guy in the 12 step program was hot. And so I kept going to like see him and my, my life happened to be saved in the process, but I wasn't there for that. Like, you know, spirit doesn't, we don't always need to be perfect all the time for things to be perfect all of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we can just like be easier on ourselves. Like we said, fucking Scorpio, Gemini, like mm-hmm. I'm my toughest critic. Like, it's, it's, a, it's the challenge, you know, but it's just, it's understanding that there's a bigger unfoldment happening and to oh. just like be gentle, do your best and to share, like share your truth, share your medicine, share your journey, share, share the icky parts. And I think, you know, again, going back that so, the social media world, it's just like, people want to show like when they look their best, but it's been really refreshing to see people posting when people cry or when people go through shit. And I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast, they always um, are so grateful that I've been so vulnerable about the trauma that I've endured and the journey that I've gone through and me speaking my truth because people are craving that right now. Totally. They need reminding because we've actually convinced ourselves that these social media superheroes aren't people. We actually think that like they don't wake up and like feed their dog and take a shit and like floss or don't floss. Like we don't think that they have things that trigger them throughout the day. And like we, and I, and as someone who's amassed enough influence on social media to see how I could do that, I could project that I could be that thing, but it's like, you're playing dress up to the void and the void, the void sees you like, you know, you're looking back at yourself ultimately, but yeah, I think getting back to a place like we all have vulnerability to offer because we are all inherently vulnerable, vulnerable beings. Like, so showing it is what's brave. 
being vulnerable isn't brave. We're all vulnerable. Being willing to share with other people the ways that you are vulnerable gives them permission to be vulnerable too. And then the world changes. I totally Yeah, imagine what that world's going to really feel like when we have more and more people showing and embodying and expressing. We're doing this for something. I do feel like that is what the 20s decade is going to be offering. You know, I'm like walking into my 30s in 2020, like ready oh, to I just turned 30 a couple months ago. Yeah, it's all the same ascension group, I swear to God. Yeah. Well, that's what I say about our generation is that like we are the bridge between two millennia. So we're the last two really like what worked from the like the thousands mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's going to be part of the two thousands. Like that's totally. why I feel like so many of us are mystics and so many of us are, are doing this ancestral karma work. So many of us are healing the inner child is because we're, we're, we're the bridge. We truly are the bridge between paradigms. Yeah. We're the dark night of the soul generation. That's what, that's what we're called. And like, I feel that, like, I feel it with people having like, you know, not jumping to have kids with people going more into, even if it's not healership into social work into psychiatry and psychology, like we are endeavoring to understand ourselves now better and deeper than I think we ever have endeavored collectively. And we will get something out of it because we have mighty, we have technology, technology can't do it for us, but we have better tools than we've ever had to work with realize our intention. Yeah. I just, I was talking to my girlfriend, Nixie, who runs, uh, I am goddess collective. And we both see this, like both of our, we're getting this tattoo together, but we're going to be getting arrows together because we feel like the arrow has been pulled back for so long Mm -hmm. that it's about to get shot forward. I agree. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we've been pulling back for so long that it's about to get shot forward. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad that that's being felt on like a collective scale because I seriously feel, I feel so tested and so much pressure, but I also keep telling like, it can't be like this forever for something, right? Right? (laughs) Gotta give, damn it. That's like what I was talking with my, my best friend, Chris, yesterday. I was like, something has to give. Like we've been doing so much fucking work. Something has to give. And we all can choose that we do not consent to yeah. this being the, the reality or the experience any longer than it needs to be. Totally. And like, that's what I'm saying. Cause I don't, I'm not, I can't be like, stop it right now, but I'm like, please stop ASAP. <laughs> like, yeah. I will learn. Thank and, you. And- thank you so much for all the wisdom and thank you for all the guidance. I'm ready for something new. Thank you so much. But I feel like this has also actually changed my belief that I can only learn through pain and suffering and that if it hurts, it's working. Like, because that's been my indication for a long time that this is real. Like I would do a ritual and then get really sick and I'm like, that worked. And it's like, I needed to change my own mindset of like, like equating efficacy to abundance and joy and lightness rather than more pain and suffering and work. It can come with ease and grace. Who would have thunk it? Not me. Yeah. (laughs) And I mean, I just, I'm just really looking forward to see how this continues to evolve. And I'm really looking forward to see how more conversations are being had about that because, you know, we are so powerful. 
Yes. And our words have power. I mean, they don't call it spelling for nothing, right? Like becoming really aware of what we're saying. And I, I do feel like, you know, the throat chakra starts to be formed around the age of Saturn return and, and really like speaking in and coming into that truth. And we're saying enough. We're saying no more. We're saying we're willing to see things differently. Mm. We're saying, you know, we want to work with spirit to implement great change on this planet. We're all here on divine mission. Help us embody that. Help us be in that space. And so it is. And it is so, right? Shit. So I just want to ask a few lightning round questions for you. I can talk with you all day, it feels like, honestly. Um, I love you so much. I want to come over and do your kundalini psychedelic experiences. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, question. What does sovereignty mean to you? Self-mastery. Amazing. What would you say to younger little babe who's Mm. going through it? I love you so much. You are so loved and you are going to be okay. You hear that little Bacara? She loves you. (laughs) (laughs) We'll cry about that in a minute. (laughs) What would you say was the book that really shifted for you? life for you and the awareness of who you are? The four agreements. Um, I can't, Miguel Ruiz. Miguel Ruiz, yeah. Um, I I read it at the right time. I was 18 years old and it completely shifted my brain. Amazing. What is your big vision that you're seeing with the world of mysticism and, you know, how it's shifting this planet and the collective at large? I think that mysticism will eventually be the universal foundation upon which the rest of our society and structure stands. I love that. I'll hold that. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. And if there's something you want to share from your heart out there that whoever's listening needs to hear right here, right now, what is it that you would share? Mm. That you are capable of being a better, bigger, more graceful, patient, loving person than you ever imagined yourself capable of becoming. The excuses are just noise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Last two. What animal totem has been really guiding you lately? Always the moth. The white moth is with me always. It represents my mom and she's been out in force recently. She just visits me to let me know that she's there. And you're supported. And where can we find more of you? Um, Everyday Magic is my spaceship. So shopeverydaymagic.com is the website. It's everyday with two underscores magic. Um, The decks and book are all sold there. And then my personal account is Bukhara W, but I have no personal life. So there's really not much going on on my personal account. transparency well uh this has been such an incredible conversation and i appreciate you more than words could ever suffice and i've been wanting to have this conversation for a while and it was just the permission when i asked out and there was like get the car i was like okay so right so easy such a joy to spend an hour with you oh more than an hour 
So go check out all the goods that this powerful mystic has for all of us. Look at how beautiful. They're so beautiful. I just appreciate, look at all of her things. Crushing it. And all the links are in the show notes for you guys to purchase as well and to support her because I'm just, I'm all about supporting the boss bitches who are like slaying it out there. And this is definitely one of them. So thank Thank you you everyone for tuning in and to listening to our wild conversations. This is full. This is like, this was just like an everyday conversation I have with all of my soul sisters. So this was just an an easy podcast for me. But we adore you all so much. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be catching you soon. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into this powerful episode of the Sovereign Society podcast. To keep this conversation flowing, I invite you to join us over at the Sovereign Society private Facebook group and to follow us over at Sovereign Society podcast on Instagram. If you want to keep up with me, subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch these episodes and so much more. I welcome you to come on over and say hey on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And if you love these conversations, please support the podcast by subscribing and leaving a rating and review on iTunes. To share the love, all you got to do is search Sovereign Society Podcasts. And of course, if you're ready for more, stay tuned for next week because I've got a whole new episode coming your way. Take care. Satnam.